The Tablet Show, episode 69, with guest Atley Hunter. Recorded live Wednesday, January 23rd, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Atley Hunter about Windows 8 application design. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thanks very much, and welcome back to The Tablet Show. It's all tablets all the time. Sometimes it's phones. Or something like that. Yeah. Tablet, phone, mobile stuff. All that good stuff. Richard, what's up? Uh, you know, I'm plunking along here. I have very little to complain about. We are hither and yon, starting to look into our spring and how many different places we're going to end up. Yeah. I got a new toy in the studio. What'd you get? And I've been making some noise and got a complaint from one of the tenants, because I don't usually play during the day, but, you know, I got a new toy. So it's a, um, it's not really a new toy, just a new configuration. I have this Roland uh, guitar pickup. Well, it's actually a guitar. It's a Fender Stratocaster mm-hmm. that has a split pickup in it, so every string gets its own pickup. Oh, right, right. You were playing like the guitar line and the bass line at the same time. Yeah, that's what I do. I split the bottom two strings to a bass and the top four strings to a guitar. But now I got, because I like that little orange amp that we were playing on the road trip, I yeah. got one of those, and I got an orange bass amp and a couple of bungee cords and a, tr- a hand truck and just sort of strapped them in and on top of each other and uh, sort of attach the guitar synthesizer to the top of that. So it's a self-contained rolling guitar bass rig. That's kind of cool. So anyway, I've been playing around with it, and apparently I got a little too loud. So, Well, Oops. that happens. Oops. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Better know framework. All right, buddy. What do you got? Well, you know, as I like to do, I go spelunking. And uh, I'm not uh, somebody who uses this kind of thing, but I thought maybe somebody out there would want it. So if you know what an affine transformation matrix is, that is used for transformations in two-dimensional space, all, all about graphics. So there's a matrix structure in uh, windowsui.xaml.media. So uh, typically a 3 by 3 matrix is used for transformations in a two-dimensional XY plane, Affine transformation matrices can be multiplied to form any number of linear transformations like rotation and skewing in uh, translations. So that uh, that's essentially the explanation right from the source there. And if you go to tinyurl.com slash affine matrix, that's A-F-F-I-N-E matrix, uh, there's a sample there that uses a the matrix to transform uh, XY position of the rotangle to skew it. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, is this purely for visuals? Yep. Purely for visual, two-dimensional graphics. All right. So to create that behavior the way you want it. Yep. 2D transformation. So you use a matrix. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. You know, not really my cup of tea, but I thought anyone who's uh, looking for that kind of thing might be interested in it. Well, and just to know that that stuff is in there too. It's good to know it's there. Yeah. All right, Richard, who's talking to us today? I grabbed a comment off of show... 
67. That's the one we did with Wally McClure. Yeah. Talking about, I called the Mono Twins, and people seem to like that. That's ah. Mono Touch and Mono for Android. Mono. Is it Mono or Mono? It's Mono. I'm Canadian. I can say Mono. Ah, uh, yeah. You can say Javin past it, too. That's it. <laughs> so this is a comment from uh, Shady Najib, who said, uh, Hi there, I really like this show, but I'm waiting for another one with Stuart Lodge. Yeah. Actually, I first learned about MVVM Cross from you a couple of shows ago. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that there's some framework called MVVM Cross, and that sounds kind of promising. I happen to be just investigating Mono for Android and Mono Touch, and when I heard that mention in the middle of my investigation, I went looking for it. And actually, the Mono Twins were a long time on my to-do list to check through more thoroughly, and I've never had the time or enough motive, especially with all the file linking I had to do. Portable class libraries and the monocross really makes it easy to share huge loads of code across your projects and minimizes the number of projects you need to maintain. Mm. Now, targeting another platform is as easy as creating a new UI project for it, which is really more of a design issue than development one, and be it iOS, Android, Phone 7, maybe even WinRT. Mm. Maybe not yet, but it's coming. Yeah, interesting. The good news is, Shady, the Stuart Lodge show is currently booked. And actually, if things go according to plan, it'll be the show after this one. Should be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's Very a while much. to get in contact with him and get him booked. But I'd love to talk more about MVVM Cross. Yeah. So a tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com. A coveted tablet show mug. A rare and precious tablet Absolutely. show mug. And that brings us to Atley Hunter, who is destined to become a verb. (laughs) Atley Hunter is a passionate developer with over 15 years of experience as one of the most prolific modern UI developers in the world. And that's no joke, kids. He has more than 100 apps in the Windows Phone Store and 50 apps currently in the Windows RT Store. As a Microsoft Windows Phone MVP, Telerik MVP7 Insider, and Nokia Ambassador, he is constantly working with developers worldwide to improve both skills and the platforms themselves. Atlee is always sharing his knowledge and connecting with developers through events, his blog, email, Twitter, Skype, LinkedIn, and our silly show. Welcome, Atlee, or what shall I say, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. I enjoy the show a lot. We uh we lit up the crowd. You lit up the crowd in in Indianapolis on the road trip. Uh, people really got the message of that you put out there, not just about you know getting ideas for apps, but about how the simple apps tend to be the most popular apps. That message really hit home with me and with the audience. It's really cool. I've actually got this app that my uh, my girlfriend helped me uh, come up with. It's uh, 101 love messages, and they're just simply romantic messages that you can quickly and easily text to uh, to your loved one. And they're, they're not they're not targeted only at males or only at females. And it's been downloaded more than fifty thousand times in its first month. Good lord, man! Wow, man! <laughs> so it took less than three hours to make the app. It took her more time to come up with the text. She she wrote most of the texts. I wrote a bunch. She wrote most of them. And then uh, it took less than three hours to write the actual app, and there's over 50,000 people using it. Now, is the app just copying into the clipboard, or is it actually sending the text? It'll actually, you, you, pre- you, you press the button, and it'll open up the SMS, and you can just type in the name of who you want to send it to. Oh, great. Nice. And uh, I wrote uh, a Windows 8 version of it that does just put it into the clipboard, so you can put it into whatever messaging or email software you want to put it in, and it's already sitting at a few thousand downloads. So That is just wild. 
And again, it's simple and it's something that people want. It goes to show that, you know, the things that we thought about using uh, the web for, you know, for just fun sites or whatever, even though there are there were Windows apps that did that at the time, the fact that it was available on the web made it more uh, attractive. And now we're seeing the same thing with phones. It doesn't matter. Yeah. In fact, it's better for your popularity quotient, if you will. That's yep. uh, that's a simple app. Yep. So let's talk about what you've been up to since Indianapolis. That was uh, a while ago, a couple of months ago. What uh, what is your what are your numbers like now? What are tell us about some of these crazy apps that you've written? Um, well, I've written. Uh, I wrote. Uh, I took some time off at Christmas and I wrote forty apps between the nineteenth of December and New Year's. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have a strange way of relaxing people. People sort of question it, but uh, um, all sorts of things, different things from uh, actually what I did was I took a list of, since it was Christmas holidays, I took a list of app ideas that people had asked me about friends, family, users that I've been contacting me over the past year. And I just wrote the apps that the users were asking me for. Interesting. And just to refresh our memory, are you um, tied to a particular technology? Do you write native apps? Do you use PhoneGap? Do you use Xamarin? What do you use? Well, actually, right now I'm only writing native apps, and I've been writing uh, just apps for uh, Windows Phone and Windows Store. Um, the 40 apps that I wrote over the holidays were written for Windows Store. So okay. um, things like uh, I had a friend call me up and said, you know, there's a website that I really like to use, but I never can use it when I when I need to. I always need it in a disconnected thing. It's to be able to quickly check and see if someone's offering you a wage or a salary or an hourly rate, what that translates to for a yearly rate, or if they're offering you a yearly what rate, what it translates to uh, to a hourly rate. So hmm. I wrote an app for it, and it's been downloaded close to a thousand times since uh, since the end of December. So, so your real your main focus is on Windows Phone and Windows RT. Yeah, right now it is. Yeah, yeah. The platforms um, again, it it goes to the the story of. Um, I can either make a very, very tiny ripple in a, in a pond that is just full of fish yeah. or, um, or I can go to a, a pond that, you know, has got some great tools and some great, uh, great experiences and some great devices. Like the devices coming out for windows eight and these new phones for windows, uh, mm. windows phone eight are just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and I can build fantastic experiences for those. And, uh, and uh, so far it's been really successful. I've been I've been really happy with the results, and uh, I mean, not every app is a, an absolute winner, but uh, even the ones that don't turn out so well do better than what I've seen uh, on other platforms. Mm. So yeah, it's good to have a good impact, and uh, the developer community is fantastic. I really like working with them. Sure, I, I spent uh, the last few months working with developers all over uh, Ontario and uh, most of the rest of Canada. Um, working at events called app fests where we would sit down and, and, uh, do, uh, developer events. I actually have three developers coming over to my house this weekend to spend a couple of days coding. Oh, awesome. And we're just going to basically get some beer and some wings and some, uh, some laptops out and we're just going to you know drill through and, and build out a couple of uh, ideas that we've got. So that's great. Tell us some, uh, about some more of these apps. Well, I just finished uh, one for windows eight called me which is just a tone generator. Um, it basically just, um, Cycles uh, 100 milliseconds between notes, and it's got 16 notes on it. All, all bell chime sounds, and uh, just just funny little note uh, sounds. More of a, 
experiment for me to get used to working with the um, the X Audio 2. Okay. Of the platform for Windows 8, which uh, is a little divergence from the the X and A that I was used to earlier on the Windows Phone. It's a Windows Phone 8 or Windows 8. This is a Windows 8, and I'm going to translate it to a Windows Phone 8 as well because okay. uh, similar similar situation. Um, not I'm not really a fan of the media element path yeah, right. of throwing graphics into my visual tree, mm-hmm. or th- sorry, either throwing throwing audio into my visual tree. Um, it's difficult. I know this firsthand, uh, especially if you're going to do any kind of MVVM, because yeah. the uh, media element has to live in the visual tree, and so it's very hard to separate out. Yeah, it kind of goes against the whole MVVM concept in 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 a lot of ways, and, yeah. and so when you're looking at it, you're like, wait, that doesn't really fit. Doesn't that took me? I found out the hard way with the app that I wrote on the road trip. Um, turns that when I went to turn it into an MVVM app, I had to leave it behind. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the, the frustrating thing. Um, I do find that uh, simple audio tasks and simple um, video usage is a little more let's say involved and, and a little more work than I would want necessarily for, you know, for simple things in windows eight and windows phone eight. But, um, I see the reasoning behind it. Um, doesn't mean I agree with it or I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can really, I can understand why they did it. Doesn't mean that that's my favorite thing. Well, you mentioned X audio. Talk a little bit about that. What's uh what's the challenge there? Well, the, the challenge is I was using the, um, the Sh- I think Sharp DX library, uh, the the um, C Sharp implementation of uh-huh. the uh, Audio Two library, right. um, and I just found the documentation for it was it was still still a little lacking. It needs to get updated and, and improved, and and I know that they're working on it. Um, I think overall it's it's great. It just with better documentation, it would be a much quicker process. Yeah, it took a, a little bit of stumbling around to to do something that I thought was fairly simple, just because it was hard to find the documentation. It kept pointing you back to the C, C plus uh, plus base libraries mm-hmm. instead of into the the C sharp libraries. So it was hard to tell what I was actually supposed to do in certain steps. So, but with X Audio, you're able to get your media stuff out of the XAML entirely. It's just in your C sharp code. Oh yeah, no, yeah. With the X Audio, basically, yeah, it goes directly into uh, in into the code, and uh, yeah, it's it's a much better uh, situation for an MVVM um, application, mm-hmm. and it allows you to really separate the concerns. So, like, I created a whole set of audio classes that now will be able to take it out of that particular application, take that audio class that I made directly into one of my new applications that I'm working on now, which is more of a um, song generator for creating, you know, beats and rhythms. And I mean, there's, there's probably a couple of them already up on the marketplace, but I'm looking at trying to do something from an interesting, um, visual and sound angle. So it sort of creates a, a visual and sound experience. I guess you just got to get away from this mindset that anytime you want to play music or a video and so forth, there has to be controls on it in, uh, XAML. You really sometimes want to be able to do that with no apparent UI. Yeah, exactly, and and the thing is, is I want to do it. I want to do something that's uh, a little more, a little more uh, finger painting for sounds kind of thing. It's interesting you brought that up because it, I was recently code mash, and while I was there, I wrote an app for us to do a a, a really good media presentation for the sixty four bit question. Started with sound effects and all that stuff, and and I was using Silverlight five and using the sound effect class. Um, which is a an, an XNA thing, I think, and um, but it was it was pretty easy to do. Uh, I like that I could set up these things in advance and then just 
play them? Is that the the kind of, uh, you know, what's involved in using X-Audio? Walk us through the process. Well, the X-Audio is a little bit more involved in the sound effect class because the sound effect class, you basically would just do a content that load. Yeah. It would handle everything. And that's was one of the beauty and joys of, of, of writing apps in, in XNA was that all of that stuff was just abstracted right away from you. You didn't worry about it. It was just, I wanted a sound here, put it here, right. and then I want to it when I want to play it. Um, the X-Audio is similar to sound effect in the fact that you have control over volume, you have control over pitch, you have control over a few other things. That's similar to the sound effect instance class mm-hmm. in XNA, not the sound effect class. Okay. With, uh, with X-Audio, you are loading up. Your, um, you do have to open up the, the file, uh, usually a WAV file, in a buffer, or in a stream, rather. Uh, load the stream into, the, uh, into your main voice as, as a voice, and you can load several uh, voices into your main voice. So you can, it's, it's much more of a, a channel concept. So can you theoretically have multiple tracks playing at the same time, multiple WAV files? And- yeah. Uh, and in my application that I've got, the, the MeJ application, it does uh, have several different sounds playing at the same time because the sounds overlap each other. Nice. Uh, which creates a really nice effect, and I, I really like the effect in there. Um, one of the things I, I was having a little issue with is um, uh, I know my app currently is having a little bit of a resource leak issue. Hmm. So uh, trying to re- regain and retain the whole um uh, memory point back, but I'm also doing something that's a little, I, I like to try to play with things to push them to see where the edge is and see where the fall off point is. So right. could be playing 256 sounds. Ha. Huh. So are you playing 256? Yeah. Well, I've got 16, I've got 16 different sounds that can be played one time after another, after another, they play a hundred every hundred milliseconds. They could theoretically all be playing pretty close to the exact same time. Wow. Nice. Oh, I mean that that is that's where I'm saying I'm I'm hitting that limit. That's not a limit many people are gonna hit. Right. But I also on purpose, right? So I can see, you know, where where's the outer bounds of this and where is it hit and where is it where is it sort of messy? Right. Um, it does it does recover quite nicely. It's just it doesn't give me completely what I want, but I'm looking at how I can tweak that and how I can modify it. Um and that's what updates are for. <laughs> right. Right. Um, the application works really nicely unless, of course, you play every single note all the time. Um, then it then it kind of hiccups a little bit. So that's that's something that I'm currently working on to, to fix. But it's also was um, it does give a good demonstration of how the how the voice and the channels sort of work together. Right. Because you can sort of hear one sound flowing into the other, and and it uh, it works out really nicely. I think it it, it plays um, plays very well. Now the buffer thing is this the sort of thing where you have to load it up in memory into a buffer, and then you can keep stuffing that buffer with uh, with more data. Is that the kind of thing you can do with it? Actually, yes, you can. Um, I have another instance of another app where uh, called White Noise, where it generates um, white noise segments. Mm-hmm. And plugs them into the same buffer and just keeps playing that buffer over and over again. So you could use that for streaming, for example. I'm basically streaming new white noise into the buffer all the time. Right. So it's just playing what's on the outside, what's what's in the load of the buffer, and then I'm reloading the buffer at the other right. ends. Nice. It's um, it that's a really really nice sort of smooth sort of flow for uh, for how that can go, and it's it works really well with that. So it's one of the things that I want to sort of take advantage of with the uh, the next musical app that I built. So. Yeah, you got me intrigued now. 
Uh, there's an app in the back of my head that I want to write that has to do with studio recording, and uh, I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to give anybody ideas. It's just huh. great. It's one of those killer ideas. I know, and there's uh, there's a lot you can do because um, this uh, X Audio does get you right down, right? Because it is it is all based on C plus plus. It's right. uh, it's very robust. It's really good. But again, you have to, as with any other C plus plus library, you have to look at make sure that the resources are properly managed. So, is it something that you have to write as a C plus plus app, or can you use it from C sharp? I think- Everything in C sharp. I wrote everything in C sharp, and that's where I use the. Uh, I think it's C sharp DX. But C sharp DX said wasn't uh, X audio, or is it? No, oh, it calls the X audio. Oh, it it's does. Oh, okay, I missed that in the first part of your explanation. Well, that's very cool. Um, what is your most popular app, sir? <laughs> um, it's a toss up right now because that Love Messages one is uh, kicking some butt. Um, <laughs> Got and, and ridiculously enough, uh, the Bluetooth and the wi- Wi-Fi are still insanely popular. Yeah, and tell remind us what those are because that was cool. Just literally takes you straight. It's it's four line, three lines of code. It takes you to your um, Wi-Fi settings or it takes you to your Bluetooth settings. Um, ridiculously small. Takes took me 15, 20 minutes to build. Doesn't also show you the status of your Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. It does show you the status of the Wi-Fi. You can't get the status of the Bluetooth, oh. unfortunately. So I couldn't put that in the uh, in the tile. That figures. I hate Bluetooth. It's only fair. Bluetooth hates you back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> this portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems. All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting The Tablet Show. So, Adley, we're recording this sort of middle of January. You put, you submitted 40 apps to the Windows Store in a span of 12 days? Uh, over 13 days, yeah. How many of them are actually published? All of them are. So they all went <laughs> up in a span of a couple of weeks. Actually, the Windows Store has been fantastic. I actually tweeted about that uh, yesterday. Um I've had apps where I've come up with an idea in the morning, written the application in the morning, and had the application published and loaded from the store on my Surface that evening. Wow. <laughs> Phenomenal. I, um, most apps are taking a day to two days to get published, but I've had some actually published the exact same day I put them up. Now, do you get many rejects anymore? Do, do they complain about anything from you? 
Very seldom. Um, I had one where someone said they couldn't see the uh, the purpose of the app. And so I had to explain to them a little bit more about what the app was, which really kind of, for me, uh, to me, is a failure in my UI. So I revised my UI. Right. And I, I made the UI more obvious, more clear, and that then it was just accepted. So um, I don't think I get any technical errors anymore. But that's also, you've got a lot of practice. Yeah, I've been doing this a while. And Do you still run everything through the WAC first? Um, sure. What? <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. What's the real answer? Um, I think I've only opened the WAC once. <laughs> once. So in other words, you know what the WAC is looking for and you don't really feel a need to go through that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the WAC is... The WAC is a great tool, especially if you're starting out and if you're building, you've only built a couple of apps. But I mean, um, I run it. I ran it on the first app. I looked at what it failed on. I looked at what it passed on. Um, it gives a great report. So if you pay attention to that report, you can get to the point very quickly and very easily where um, you just know what you're supposed to do. You know, make sure that you're, um, you're. Oh, you know, actually, I did have one technical exception. Um, I had one technical exception where. Um, my font was too close. Uh, they only give you a choice of light or dark font for your tile uh, when it comes up on the Windows uh, device. And my color that I chosen for my background was too close to light and dark, so it couldn't discern enough. Huh. The, the um, certification team came back with saying, you have to make it uh, a, it's a marked difference of a certain ratio. Yeah, a certain level of contrast. Exactly. There had to be a certain, like, that's a better way to put it, thanks. Uh, a certain level of contrast so that the text would be visible. So Sure. That's fair. And and really kind of an insightful thing. It's the code all worked, but does the UI make sense? Well, it wasn't even the UI. It was the tile on the start page. Oh, okay. I see. The exception is that one that one tile, the uh, the text that comes up with the with the application's name, wasn't visible enough because my background color that I had chosen for my tile was too close to either white or black. It was a gray that was not good either, or a gray green or something. It was a it was a strange color. Hmm. Somehow I get the feeling though that you don't recommend people not use the whack. I think it's definitely a good idea for people to 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 use the whack, especially if it's the first uh, few apps. Um, they'll see if they. Uh, use the WAC, but also read the report that's in there. Pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how you get to the point where you don't necessarily have to run it every single time. But, I mean, just be cognizant of the fact that on the other side, Microsoft's running it. Exactly. And, I mean, unless you're fully confident, I mean, the, some of the things that the WAC is looking for are pretty pretty basic. Are, have you got all the, the right screen sizes? Have you got the right resolutions? Are you... Um, are asking for things that don't relate to your your audience like for example if you have something that accesses the internet and you have a capabilities in your in your windows 8 app that says accesses the internet and then you try to say that this is cleared for people three years and up you will fail because applications for three years and up are not supposed to access the internet right hmm. have a, a higher age range now that's something that the WAC may not necessarily catch but it's things that are similar to that are things that the WAC will catch for you. Well, and the whole age range thing is really interesting because in, uh, you know, how many different rules are there? When you get down to three-year-olds, you've got to clearly make the app simpler. 
Well, yeah, and I think that that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people to actually think about who they're writing the app for and not just to throw it in the store and say, everybody, so that when you're looking for apps for a young child, you don't have to go through thousands and thousands of them. You can go right. through the ones that actually are geared towards someone in that age range and are going to make sense and are not going to put um, your child in danger, for one, you know, or, or put your child into a situation where they're going to be doing things they shouldn't do. Coppa, man. You know, I had that probably remember you gave me one of your 900s uh, on the road trip because mine bricked, I think. And, uh, and since I have the 920, I gave this to my 10 year old for Christmas. And um, she she says to me the other day, she says, I can't buy apps. <laughs> you like, think? Yeah, because you're 10. <laughs> She's like, well, that's not fair. I'm like, well, yeah, it's actually pretty good. So, <laughs> sure, it's fair. She didn't want to hear about Kappa, however. <laughs> yes, of course. Did not want to hear that. I just love that that's where she got to. I can't buy apps. Right. Yeah. Can you Dad, help me? Where's my credit card? Right. Exactly. I need a visa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's too funny. I'm so glad that I don't have young children now. Hmm. <laughs> Got to be a scary age to be raising, raising kids that age. Well, they're pretty good kids, and they're smart. You yeah. just, you know, have to keep on it. But the thing is, this is their, this is their environment. They know this environment. This is, yeah. They know this better than we do. This is their world. It's true. Yeah, try and explain to your kids what a cassette tape is. Ah, heck, a CD is now 30 years old. Uh-huh. I know. So what's next? You, How many apps did you build last year? Um. Last year, I think I topped out at about 140 for the year. And that was 50 Win 8 apps and, and more than 100 or almost 100 Win Phone apps? Uh, yeah, almost 100 Windows Phone apps and then uh, 50 Windows 8 apps. Did you start rebuilding some of your apps specifically for Phone 8 rather than use the converter from Phone 7? No, I actually haven't rebuilt any apps for from phone from phone seven five to phone eight yet, which is actually one of my next projects. Is what I'm going to be doing this winter. Um, what I did start though is when I started seeing the tools coming out for Windows eight, I started building my applications for Windows Phone in anticipation of Windows eight. Right. Changing some of my libraries. So that um, I sort of started to go portable libraries before portable libraries were really invented or, or really available rather for us. I'm sure they were already invented by then. But um, mm. um, I started taking my classes and making them as thin and as simple as I could so that I could reuse as much as I could. Um, and then it, it meant a little bit more coding when I was done. But then it meant that when I came up to do the Windows 8 apps, I was able to transfer. I, I did uh, a couple of Windows Phone games. Um, I, it took a day each to turn them to Windows 8 games. Hmm. So from phone to 8, not phone 7 to phone 8. Phone to Windows 8 one day. Wow. So, I mean, that, and that was on purpose. So now what I'm working on, uh, my, next, my next push is going to be um, to build um, between 30 and 50 apps that are Windows Phone and Windows 8. And uh, the Windows 8 experience enhances and adds to the Windows Phone experience. Mm-hmm. You have something that you get the portability and the, and the information on the go that you need on your phone. And then when you get to your desktop, you've got a little bit more information, a little bit more layout, maybe a little bit more detail. And you can do a couple of things you can't do on the phone. 
so Atlee, what's the um I, I know that you know the Microsoft has tried to bring these uh platforms closer together. Where where are the 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 sticking points now between Windows Phone eight and Windows eight? Um well I would really like to see um speech to text available everywhere. Oh yeah, really. Me too. Um that will open up a lot of uh a lot of channels. Um, I think that that's one of the big ones. I think that uh, the platforms are coming much closer together, but there are some distinct differences uh, when developing UI. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they close those gaps on the UI components a little bit more, um, you'll be able to build things that are more uh, like I would ideally, what I would like to be able to do is build my UI for my application and then have uh, in Visual States in Windows 8, you have, you know, your snapped, your filled, your full view. Mm-hmm. Have my phone view. Sure. And then basically just be able to translate that across. And that, along with portable libraries and a few other things, would make that experience that much more uh, flexible and uh, a little more fulfilling for me as a developer. But I do find what they've done, uh, they've done a really good job between Phone 8 and Windows 8 in in getting those stories closer together. I just, I think that they're, there's another iteration coming that I, I I'm hoping will uh will be driving it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and, and you know, I guess when you talk about closing the gap on the differences in the XAML, there's got to be reasons why uh you know certain controls don't make sense on the phone. Uh, does it seem like there are some that you look at it and say, why doesn't this exist on the phone? It could. Um, I think most of them, most of them make sense why they've included them or haven't. Uh, I'd like to see maybe the grid view control, mm-hmm. make it way over to the phone. Um, I, I just, I think that would lead to some interesting scenarios that would match the side to side swiping. Right. Cause it's generally been, the grid view has been poo pooed. It's like, you should not be using this UI element. You should be using list views for this. Um, well, I think it's because people tend to use it incorrectly. Okay. In a lot of cases, I think that um, for me, the grid view makes more sense on the phone than it does on Windows 8 in some cases. I, I see more use for the way apps are coming out in Windows 8 right now. Mm-hmm. They do lead more to being a list view type of view. Um, the grid view, I like I like the grid view. I think the other control I'd really like to see make it to the phone would be uh, the view box because um, I think it would help with a lot of really interesting scenarios. Uh, especially the ones where you have uh, resolution changes. Uh, it would help to scale out your, your control set and your, your page set much more easily. Mm-hmm. That is something I've noticed in WinPhone 8, that migrated WinPhone 7 controls sometimes end up with a black bar just to compensate for the difference in resolution on Phone 8. Oh, and that's, that's usually because the, uh, the developer hasn't gone through and um, made sure that they supported all of the screen resolutions and sizes because there is a little bit of work in that in modifying and making sure. sure that you've got you've got the elements placed and spaced properly. Um, a view box type type of control or, or, or UI element would definitely assist in that and make it a much uh, more accessible, a much easier um, uh, situation for the hobbyist developer. Does it scale all the elements then inside of the view box? Oh, it totally does. I've got actually I've got a, an application on Windows 8 that I wrote uh, over the holidays. Uh, it's a countdown timer app. Um, there's two sides. One's a countdown and one's a timer. Mm-hmm. And 
when you when you if you start the countdown and then you click the button up in the app bar for the timer, the whole screen for the countdown goes up into the button for the countdown. Cool. And it totally scales it right down to the size of the button, which is 100 by 100. And um, you can actually see the countdown still going, which is a very, very cool idea and a very cool concept. Now, that um, would allow for some different UI concepts on the phone. But, I mean, uh, it could get abused quite a bit, too. Sure. <laughs> but, it's, it, but it's like anything else. I mean, you, you, see, you see the grid view get abused when it should be possibly the list view. Um, uh, a lot of people say that they'd like to see the list view more than the grid view. Um, but, um, when it comes to, when it comes to large lists, I end up tending to go to the third party controls for that. Yeah. Teller is usually my favorite one. Uh, uh, they're looping list. Uh, they're, they're, um, one of the ones I've used the most for larger lists is the, the data bound, uh, grid bo- or grid view or list box, data bound list box. Hmm. Yeah. I really like that one too. Yeah, and it's nice to see that there are we do have controls that are unique that you can go get from third parties. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that they have. Uh, I mean, you can look and find these third party controls, and they match the scenario you're looking at instead of trying to always, you know, you're you're not always trying to use the hammer to get the screw. Right. There's not one way to render a UI here. Exactly. Exactly. Although, I mean, both the phone, the Windows Phone, and Win Eight tend to scroll horizontally. Okay, that, that's the thing with a grid view is whenever I think grid, I think about a 2D matrix and you're scrolling to the right and down. The Windows phone scrolls horizontally because all my apps go up and down. I guess it depends on the app. I've got apps that scroll left to right as well. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved I remember I remember listening to someone who was doing a, a someone from Microsoft who was talking about UI and we were talking about doing different things in the UI and they said, you should never have an app that scrolls horizontally and vertically. In the same page. Right. And I said, so you mean like email? (laughs) 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 I should probably not talk anymore during that. (laughs) So what's next for you, Ali? Where are you? What are you off to next? What are are your plans? Uh, Well, I'm starting to do uh, a bunch of events now because it's event season. Uh, You guys were were talking about that, too. Mm -hmm. That uh, coming to February, March is uh, pretty busy. I'm going to be at the um, Orlando Code Camp, and then I'm going to be down at the Dallas Days of .NET. So are we. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I'm doing a, an event in Kitchener. It's going to, it's called Conquest, an epic day of development. Nice. And we're going to be building some awesome uh, Windows 8 and Windows uh, phone development apps. Um, I have some developers coming over on the weekend for a Beer, Wings, and Code event. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be in, uh, Philadelphia and Harrisburg and Princeton and, uh, all over the place as well as out in Vancouver at the, um, on the 23rd for, uh, an event out there with the, uh, the .NET user group out in Vancouver. So I've got lots going on and in the middle of all that, I'm working on building my next hundred apps. <laughs> Awesome. Another 100 for 2013? Well, actually, what I'm looking at, my goal is actually to build, um, I'm probably looking at building uh, 150 uh, to 200 Windows 8 apps and another 100 to 150 Windows Phone apps for the year. Um, And then uh, on top of that, I'm looking at releasing libraries uh, 
Okay. Easy coding libraries for Windows 8 and for Windows Phone, plus some controls that I think are missing. Nice. Oh, great. Busy guy. So, lots of stuff going on, um, and uh, 2013's looking like it's going to be really exciting. Wow, that's great. Well, keep us uh, keep us abreast of what you're doing. It's always great to, to hear from real people doing real apps. I'm always happy to talk to you guys anytime you guys want. All right, Atlee, take care, and we'll see you next time on The Tablet Show. It's not too much.